Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Well, anybody besides me could use some good news. You know, so sometimes it seems like life, you know, it's almost a, when something good happens, two good things happen, three good things happen, what do we start looking for? The other shoe to drop, that's the saying, right? You know, we have these expectations. And, and the, the reason we do that is because that's real, right? That's kind of the way life goes. There's uh, plenty of bad news in the world. Plenty of bad news in the world, plenty of bad news in our own lives, and sometimes we just need to remember that there's some really good news that we have. What is the Bible word that means good news? The gospel, that's right. And so we have the gospel, and so let's just do a quick review of this, this part of the good news. I mean, we just sang it, right? You know, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from God's hand. How is that true? It's because of the gospel, right? The good news about what Jesus came and did for us. Uh, that we, we know, I think we all understand that we, we've, we've sinned, we've, we've gone our own way, we've not lived life the way God would intend for us to live it. Uh, we're not totally imperfect, but we aren't, we haven't got a right either, right? And so we're in need of a savior, someone to provide forgiveness for us, and that's what God did. God loved us so much, remember? He sent his only son into the world to die and pay the penalty for our sins and then rise from the dead, like we say, victorious over all of that, and now he offers to every human being that's alive Look, if you will just acknowledge your need that you have sinned and you are separated from me and you're on your way to hell, you need a Savior. Acknowledge that to me and then believe. Put your, put your trust in me and what I did for you when I died for you and rose again. And we do that, every sin gets forgiven. How many sins? Every sin you ever have or ever will commit, Jesus died for that is forgiveness beyond what we can imagine. Is that good news? <laughs> All right, so uh, then when this life comes to an end, we go to be in heaven with the Lord and with all those who know him. Good news, isn't it? Okay, now that's all future stuff. I mean, the forgiveness is now, I understand, but I'm talking about you know, what we're looking for, that's, that's all future stuff. But I, t- I gotta tell you that if the rest of my life was only bad news, that good news outweighs it all, right? Because this life will be like that when we make it to heaven. But the good news is so much more than that. When we come to Christ, you know, he, he moves in, doesn't he? He moves in and he begins to make changes in us and, and challenge us and grow us and stretch us. And, and whether we're in the good times and excited about it or whether we're in the hard times and it's difficult, he's there at work in our lives helping us to become who he designed us to be, who we were made to be. Is this good news? You are never, never, we sang it, alone. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Good news? Good news. We have been given, um, so the Spirit of God living in this, we have been given the people of God 
to, how do I want to say this? We're, we're a contradiction in terms because we are such wonderful blessings and such big messes, right? Don't we find ourselves with the messes coming up and we, we got that, and, but nonetheless, this, this family of believers, this group here, this is good news. It's good news for me, it's good news for you that we can have each other. Now, I know things get in the way of that, but we gotta keep working. God has tremendously blessed us, that is good news. He has also given us his word. This means he has told us what we need to know. He's explained everything that we need to understand. Does he tell us everything there is to know? No, because if you knew everything there is to know, you'd be God, and he's not sharing that with anybody. <laughs> but he's told us everything that we need to know in his word. Is that good news? It's good news. And today, the good news that I want to share with you is, is from Proverbs chapter 8. I think it's page 732, yeah. And it is a chapter full of good news when it comes to the wisdom of God. Now, remember that, that wisdom, when we're talking about the wisdom, the big term, the overarching term, that wisdom is about seeing the world the same way God sees it. And have you ever looked at life and thought things were a certain way and found out that they weren't? That something wasn't what it seemed to be? Do you realize that has never happened to God? Okay, God sees the world accurately, the way it really is. He understands how it all works together. And so as we gain wisdom, what we're gaining is his perspective on life. We begin to see things the way he sees it. We begin to understand things the way he understands it. We begin to feel the way he feels about those things in life. And it's, this is wisdom that we so desperately need. As we're going to see today. Chapter 8 here. Uh, and on all the chapters of the Bible, right, it's all profitable for teaching and challenging us in our lives, but sometimes some places are just more encouraging than others, okay? And it's, it's done that way on purpose by God. Chapter 8 is like that. So let's, let's get into chapter 8 here. And I want you to see the first thing is this, that God's wisdom is available. God's wisdom is available to us. Um, yeah, well, let me just, let's just look at the verses here. Chapter 8, verse 1. It says, does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? And it's, it's not crying out, crying like that. It's crying out to us, to people. Verse number 4. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. So here in chapter 8, wisdom is portrayed as a woman uh, reaching out to mankind, to humankind, okay? And so it's in the first person kind of wording. But what a, I'm crying out to you. I'm lifting up my voice to you. I want you to hear. I want you to know. And, and by the way, the wisdom that God gives us, you know, sometimes we think of, you know, wisdom is this, this knowledge that's way up here and, you know, God's wisdom, all kind of stuff. But I want you to see that God's wisdom is street level, Look in verses two and three. She takes her stand, talking about wisdom. She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. God's wisdom is street level. 
And what I, what I mean by that is that God's wisdom works in your life where you live. Where you live. It's not some float around principle stuff. It's real. And, and when we understand that, we really begin to benefit from us. And this is available to us. So God is making it available to us. I, I want you to um, think with me just a minute. Have you ever, you know, sometimes it actually shows up in an advertisement, and I've seen it in cartoons, and, and where there's, uh, this person is climbing this mountain trying to get it because at the top of the mountain there's this wise man. You ever seen anything like that, right? Okay, the wise man is up there, and they finally, you know, they barely make it, almost die getting there, and say, what's the meaning of life, you know, and they supposedly enlighten them. Well, I saw a cartoon the other day uh, as I looked at this, and it, ju- it just hit me as funny because uh, what it says, we showed that guy, he had arrived there, and he's asking, what's the meaning of life? And, and the wise man says, oh, wow, I'm sorry you had to go to all this trouble to come up here. I put all that stuff on my Facebook page. But I want you to understand that that is really the way wisdom is for us. It's not something that we have to just, oh, try to find and work so hard and maybe we'll reach it and maybe, no, God has put it where? On his Facebook page, on his, in his word, it's right here. It's available to us. And God wants to give it to us. In the book of James, James says, if any of you lack wisdom, Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally, freely, and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Wisdom is available. God's wisdom is available to us. That is good news, isn't it? All right, the next section of this chapter tells us that not only is God's wisdom available, God's wisdom is valuable. It is very valuable. Uh, Let's look in verse 13. He says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate, okay? But he's telling you the fear of the Lord is hate evil. It's teaching us about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, when we fear the Lord, we we turn away from evil. We put evil things out of our lives. What did we learn about the fear of the Lord last week? The what? It is the beginning of wisdom, isn't it? And we need the fear of the Lord to have God's wisdom. And and so God in his wisdom here is teaching us about the fear of the Lord. He's teaching us more about the fear of the Lord. And as we grow in the fear of the Lord, we can then grow in wisdom. So it is very valuable to us, this wisdom. It's gonna tell us the things that we need to know. And then let's continue to look at the value here. Well, let me back up. Let me share a verse with you. Proverbs chapter two says, if you seek her as silver, talking about wisdom, and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And so if we say we want this wisdom, then we will understand what we need to know to get it. Okay, now, we might say, well, wait a minute, on the one hand, you're saying it's available, it's right here, it's, it's on the street, it's, God is speaking it to us and giving it to us, and on this verse, it says, oh, oh you gotta seek for it like hidden treasures. Well, which is it? Well, it's, it's both. He's not saying that wisdom is hidden away where you can't find it. What he's saying is you need to look for it as though it was like that. 
You understand what I'm saying? In other words, it is so valuable. If, if you knew that someplace on your property, under the ground, there was a million dollars worth of gold in a, in a treasure chest, what would you do? Yep, that's right, man. You'd have a backhoe over there in a moment, wouldn't you? You're going to go for it. You're going to find it. And, and this is what God is saying, how we need to pursue wisdom. We need to go for it like that. It is there for us. It is available. Don't say, ah, it's okay, it's available, I can get it whenever I want. No, no, look for it, go for it, be alert to it. Uh, uh, try to find it, because it is so valuable. Um, I saw a, a video, sort of like a short movie, a couple years ago, entitled The Red Paperclip. Anybody ever heard of the, the movie? Wow, I know something that nobody else knows. Whoa. But you may have heard the story. It's about, uh, about a guy who set out to, he wanted to get a house. And he didn't have money to do that, but he had a red paper clip. And so he began making trades. What would you trade for? And he had, I think he actually had a radio show he was doing this through, so he had following people. Well, the very first thing that he traded for, he traded that red paper clip for a ballpoint pen that was shaped like a fish, okay? And so once he got that, he traded that ballpoint pen for a hand-sculpted doorknob. And, and then he traded the hand-sculpted doorknob for a uh, Coleman camp stove. All right? And on and on and on. About a year's time, 14 major trades, he traded the last thing for a house. Pretty amazing, isn't it? But what was he doing? Every step of the way, he had to look at where he was at and what he had and what was being offered and make a decision. Which is more valuable to me? And you understand, that's what we need to do with God's wisdom. Every place that we find ourselves in life, we go through life and things come up and really there's a trade to be made, a decision to be made. I gotta make a choice. Am I gonna do this or this or whatever? And what I wanna say is, well, wait a minute. Here's what God's wisdom says. And so God's wisdom is always more valuable than any other way of thinking. So at every point, what do I wanna do? I wanna trade for, I wanna value God's wisdom highly and choose it because it will get me where I want to go, where God wants me to go. It's going to do that. So God's wisdom is extremely valuable. In fact, look here in verses 10 and 11. He says, receive my instruction and not silver. So if you have to choose between being instructed by God and the wisdom of God or having more money, which do you choose? By the way, man, wouldn't that apply if you don't have to work on Sundays, but you're choosing to work on Sundays? You see what I'm saying, right? You're, you're, you're value, okay. So, receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. Jump down to verse 19. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold. It's better. And all through the book of Proverbs, it says those kinds of things. That God's wisdom is better than great riches, than any money that you might have. It is extremely valuable. 
By the way, this is good news, isn't it? It's available to us. God has made it available to us, right? We say, thank you, Lord, for making your wisdom available to us. Thank you, Lord, that you're, the, what you've made available to us is so valuable. Help me, Lord, to see it, that, that every time I, I need to choose your wisdom because it's more important and more valuable than any of these other things. Third thing we see in this passage of scripture is that God's wisdom is invaluable. Now, the word invaluable is kind of a, hey, what does that mean word, right? What it means is it's not that there is no value to it. What it means is it is so valuable that we cannot place a value on it. That is what the word invaluable means. We can't put a value on it. It is indispensable. You can't replace it with anything else. Think about parents who, who have a child and they discover that this child has a disease that will end his, their child's life if, if untreated. But there is a treatment that will cure the child. Insurance doesn't cover it. It is extremely expensive. How much money would those parents be willing to pay for that treatment? Do you think they'd be willing to pay $10,000 for the treatment if it saved the life of their child? How about $100,000? Do you think they'd pay that? How about a million dollars? Do you think they'd pay that if it would save the life of their child? Do you think they'd be willing to go and sell all that they have and try to raise money to save the life of their child to, just to get that treatment? Why? Because that treatment is invaluable. You see that? They, they, nothing else can take its place. You can't, can't put a dollar amount on it because it's going to save their child's life. Well, God's wisdom is like that. It is invaluable. Nothing can ever take its place. And whatever you might think it costs you to get it, it is worth it many, many times over. Let me show you how invaluable it is. Now, on Wall Street, they have all sorts of regulations, don't they? And if, if you happen to uh, be privy to what's going on in some big company and you hear that information and then you go and buy or sell stocks before anybody else knows, is that legal, Jerry? No, it's not legal. Okay, that's called insider trading. There are all sorts of rules and regulations against it. But why would someone want to do that? It's because they have what? They have information that nobody else has. And we understand why they would want to do that. Well, let me tell you, God's wisdom is legal insider information. Not about which stock to buy, but about life. Because let's look here in the passage. Let's look at verse 23. Wisdom, again, talking like a person, says, I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. Okay, God had this wisdom. And then verse 27. When he prepared the heavens, I, wisdom, was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the, den, the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him 
as a master craftsman and I was daily his delight. You understand what that means? That means that all of creation is designed in accordance with God's wisdom. That means every aspect of God's creation is under the umbrella of God's wisdom. That means there is nothing and no place that you could go where God's wisdom will not apply. I mean, if you wanted to figure out how to fix your car and you didn't have a clue, who do you want to talk to? The guy who designed it and put it together or your eight-year-old kid? Right? I mean, it doesn't make sense. Wow, the one who put it together knows how it works. And so God has put everything together, uh, not just the physical world, though the physical world is there, but it's also the, the social interactions and all these principles. It's all there. God designed it that way according to his wisdom. His wisdom is invaluable because nothing else can replace it. There is nothing you can face in life where God's wisdom will not apply. It is invaluable. And Scripture tells us in, in uh, Peter's second letter, he says, as his divine power has given to us, what's the next two words? All things, say it with me, all things that pertain to life and godliness, including wisdom. He has provided it for us. It is invaluable. God's wisdom is invaluable, okay? So this brings us down to verse number 32. It says this, now, therefore, so let's, dig in here for a little bit. Now, therefore, because God's wisdom is so readily available, he wants to give it to you. Because God's wisdom is so valuable, more valuable than anything else you could choose, because God's wisdom is invaluable, it is indispensable, it is the only way to be able to deal with the things in your life that's going to accomplish God's purposes and be a blessing to you. Because those things are true, now, therefore. We have five verses here that tell us what we need to do, how we need to respond. So let's take a look at that. Verse 30. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Um, This word listen means to listen intelligently. Do you ever listen to anything not intelligently? You know, every now and then my wife will say, are you listening to me? (laughs) Well, yeah, but not intelligently. (laughs) Listen intelligently, which means you are focused, you are paying attention. So wisdom is saying, listen, come on, focus in here, pay attention. Uh, For blessed are those who keep my ways. This word blessed, we, we know it means happy, right? But the Hebrew word that's the root word underneath this means straight even or level. And it's the idea of having a path in front of you that's, that's straightforward and easy to walk down. Now, life isn't always easy, is it? But I guarantee you when you bring God's wisdom to bear on life, things do clear up. They clear up a lot. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, can, you still gotta deal with it, but you, you can see what you're dealing with. And you can understand how I need to deal with it because you have God's wisdom. So he says, blessed are you when you keep my ways. And this word keep is the idea of guard and protect. And it really promotes this idea of diligence and 
and, and uh, making an effort, making an effort. So the first thing, now therefore, we need to do is this, pay attention to God's wisdom and make an effort to live by it. It will make you happier because your life will get simpler and clearer. And again, notice, did I say easier? No, we didn't say easier. It doesn't always get easier. But man, if I got to face a difficult situation and I have no clue what's going on and I'm confused and it, I can't see a way out, I'd much rather have a sense, well, hey, you know, I can kind of see what's going on here now and I see where I got to go. That's what wisdom will do for you. Okay? Verse 33. Now, therefore, hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Okay, the word here is the same word translated listen, so pay attention here. Instruction, we, we talked about that word last week, and it's the idea of being told how to do something, things that you need to do. But if you remember, we said it often includes the idea of correction or even rebuke. Okay, that's not the way. That's the wrong way. Don't go that way. And he says we need to be open to that. In other words, it's, it's about we need to be, we need to have humility. <laughs> you ever talk to anybody who's talking to you about something that's going on and you're connected with it and that, the, the discussion's fine until they start turning to, well, you know, here's what you did wrong. Don't you just love that? Wow, I am so glad you're telling me this. That's our feelings, right? I get that. But he's saying here, no, no, when wisdom corrects you, humble yourself. Be open, listen, be ready. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. The word disdain it uh, literally means to loosen it, to set it loose. And the idea is to set it loose from yourself. Oh, that doesn't apply to me. I'm gonna dismiss that here, okay? All right, so in this verse, the second thing we need to do, the second now therefore is this. Pay attention to wisdom's correction. Don't blow it off as though it doesn't apply to you or your circumstances. And I just want to encourage you to, to take this to heart because the, so many of the times, you know, when Pastor Dave and I find ourselves, and this isn't always the case, people come for counseling for all sorts of reasons, but many times they come with a big problem and the real reason that they're in this situation is not because they didn't know what needed to happen or what they needed to do, it's because they dismissed what needed to happen and did what they wanted to do, okay? Don't do that. Wisdom is so valuable. Take advantage of it, don't dismiss it. Verse 34, blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Uh, again, this word listens, same word as listens before. Watching is, is just this looking, focusing, being alert for wisdom, wherever God's gonna bring it to you from. Being alert to those things. And, and so when are we to be alert? What's it say? Watching what? Daily. daily, that's right. So it's a daily pursuit. Every day we need to be alert to God's wisdom. We need to be alert to it in his word. We need to be alert to it in our, our, our fellowship with the Lord. We need to be alert to it even in what goes on in the world around us because we can learn God's wisdom from what's happening around us. I. Um, 
I don't know if I've ever told you this or not, but when, the, when I came to Christ and then got, you know, was, was headed to the ministry and my, the pastor of the church I got saved in brought me under his wing and talked and helped me. And he got to talking about the first church that he ever served in. He went and served as a youth pastor and associate pastor. And, and he told me, and we were talking about it, and he said, you know, the most important things I learned there? I said, what? He goes, things not to do. Because a lot of things apparently weren't done right there, weren't done well there. So wisdom is in all sorts of places, isn't it? Sometimes we learn, oh boy, I can see, don't do that. Get God's wisdom, but being alert, being looking for it. And this word waiting uh, really means, it's, it's not just a, it's not waiting like, uh, anybody besides me can fall asleep about anywhere, anytime? Some of you, who, who can do that? I can do that, pretty much, if I have to wait somewhere, you know, which is not bad, but then I've discovered, because my wife takes pictures of me. (laughs) And then my daughter-in-law said, yeah, I heard you snoring over there. So, it's not waiting like that. This is waiting where you're making an effort. You're, you're, you're working on this and you're ready and available. You're, you're ready to take advantage of it. So it's very, very purposeful in the approach to this amazing wisdom that God has given us. So the third, therefore, is this. Pay attention each day by spending time in God's word. Make an effort to be on the lookout for God's wisdom there. Take advantage of it. Verse 35. For whoever finds me, wisdom, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. What a blessing we have here. When he says finds life, you know, we kind of get a general sense of what that means. But if you look up the word, it means, first of all, alive, but then it also means fresh. Anybody like have this fresh feel. How about when the day after the heat wave broke, the next morning? Was that fresh? How would you like that in your soul? A freshness in your soul. And it not only means alive and fresh, it also means strong. That, that it brings a strength to your soul as it brings this freshness and this healing. It's almost like you know, you watch the athletes, you know, they, they run up and down the field and they come on the sideline. What do they do sometimes? They take a, a mask and do what? Pure oxygen, straight oxygen. What I'm trying to say to you, that's what wisdom can do for you. Fresh and alive and bring strength to you. And when it says obtains favor from the Lord, the word favor means, you know, uh, that the idea of God being pleased, but it's interesting, this word means it's, it's the kind of attitude that comes when a debt has been fully paid. I was thinking about this. What's that mean? What's the point here? And what I realize is that God is pleased because as we gain his wisdom and take it in, we're no longer lacking what we need. When you have a debt and can't pay it, you lack what you need, don't you? And so that's the point here. As we come to God and, and let him give us his wisdom, we God is pleased because we're starting to have what we need and no longer lack those kinds of things. And verse 36 is the only really verse that that communicates a 
I say negative, hard, it's true. But let's, it's just a reminder, verse 36. Wisdom is speaking, remember it says, but he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Wow. Talking about sinning against wisdom, the word sin here means miss the mark. We've probably heard that in the past, that that, that word sin in the Old Testament sometimes means to miss the mark. And what it's saying here is if we go for something else besides God's wisdom, we miss the mark, don't we? We miss what we need. Anytime we say, no, I'm going another way. I know God says. And the reality is most of us don't consciously say, I know God says, but I'm going to do this. We just look at what God says and go, and then do this. We miss the mark. He says, and when you miss the mark, you wrong your own soul. This word wrong means to do violence to. Okay, the word that's translated wrong means to do violence to, to do harm to, to mistreat or maltreat. And so the idea here is that when we make any other choice besides God's wisdom, we do damage to our souls. We, we injure ourselves. And we, you know, why would we do that? And he says, all those who hate me love death. And I know that's none of you here. All those who hate me love death. And that's what it brings. The opposite of alive and fresh and strong, right? It's dead and stale and weak. So it's just a warning to us that there are big stakes here. But the rest of this is just God's great blessing. So the fifth therefore, or the fourth therefore, which are we on here? Did I skip a verse? Well, we should be on number, I'm confused here. Anybody else confused? Go back to four. Let's just look at it because where did four come from? When you find and live by God's wisdom, you'll experience life in a new and fresh way that strengthens you. Okay, I talked about that. I just forgot to give you the therefore. Therefore, there's the therefore. Number five, the last verse we just looked at. If you miss the opportunity to gain and live by wisdom, you not only forfeit its blessings, you also do serious damage to your soul. And let me say this today. We all have damaged souls. We've all done damage to our souls. When we begin to take advantage of this great blessing of wisdom that God has given us, we can begin to bring some healing to our souls and prevent further damage. And so, what I don't want you to be out of your day and say, oh yeah, I've done it, I've ruined my soul, I've damaged my soul. You may have damaged your soul. There may be tremendous scars there, but God is in the business of healing people's souls. And so if you see that that's true, then just, okay, my response is to begin turning to God again. Look to him, look to him for his wisdom. So what is our response to all of these things this morning? What should our response be? Well, first of all, rejoice because God loves you so much. God loves you so much, not only that he sent the son, right? 
but he's also given you everything you need for life and godliness, and he has provided you with wisdom. He's made this valuable, invaluable wisdom available to you. Does God love you? Does he care about your life? Does he care about the little things in your life? Well, if you get God's wisdom, you start to see that he sure does. He does care about those things. And so a second part of our response is this. Make gaining God's wisdom an ongoing, on-purpose part of your life. Do something about it. Get God's wisdom. Where is God's wisdom? Well, it's in his word. It's certainly in the book of Proverbs, isn't it? We know that. It's all through his word. It's in his people. You get wise counsel from his people. It's, you know, in your personal relationship, you pray. And it's, as we said, it's already out there in the world as we learn from God's perspective, we gain even more wisdom. So make gaining God's wisdom an ongoing, on-purpose part of your life. And by the way, what we've tried to encourage you to do this summer is a great way to start, to do that. Read one chapter of Proverbs a day. Today is July 8th, so we read chapter 8, right? Very simple. What happens if you miss a day or two days or a week? What do you do? You pick up on whatever day you are and go on. Every day you read is better than a day you don't, right? Even if you just read two verses of that chapter, and all of a sudden you go, oh my, this is big stuff, and then you think about it, whatever. Just let's get after it. I was figuring out, I think that I have probably read the book of Proverbs at least 60 times. Now the reason is because I had a number of years where I did that every day, every day, every day, one chapter of Proverbs, year after year for a number of years. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not that wise man on top of the mountain by any stretch of the imagination. But when life happens, lots of times there's something that I've read in Proverbs that comes to mind. See what I'm saying? And so it's not a hard thing to gain God's wisdom. And if you do it over time, man, you will grow in it. And you will be blessed by it. It will make a big difference. And then finally, live more and more by the wisdom you're gaining. This is an ongoing process, folks. You know, start where you are. That's all you have to do. Start where you are and go forward with the Lord. And it's going to be good. It's going to be worth it. And you will be glad, not only in eternity that you did it, but you will be glad in this life that you lived by God's wisdom. What an amazing thing he has entrusted to us. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have just been so gracious to us. You didn't just forgive us and then throw us out, back out into this sinful world and said, figure it out. No, you moved in and began working on us and then you have made available your wisdom to us, this valuable wisdom. Help us to remember, Father, that it's, it's more valuable than anything else we could ever have in life, your wisdom. Because your wisdom will tell us how to deal with everything else in life. And help us really, Father, to get it down in our hearts that it is invaluable. Nothing could replace it. Everything operates according to your wisdom. Help us to remember that today, tonight, and tomorrow, Father, as we go through life and make choices and decisions. And I pray that we'd all go from here today, Father, just saying, okay, Here's what I can do. I can do this to gain wisdom. And then we'll do it, Father. 
I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Before you go, a couple things I could mean to tell you. You notice these banners up here, right? Uh, we put these banners up here. We, we've had a, a ministry team working on how do we uh, carry out what God has given us to do? How do we make disciples? And so part of what the, there's so many things, good things coming out of this, you'll see as we go forward. But part of this is these banners to remind us these are the things we do. This is what we do. Every week when you come in and you see this, that's what we're about. Not we, Life Source Church, yes, that's true, but we, you, and me, right? Okay, so let these things remind you. And you see the display in the foyer when you came in today? All right, that's beginning to outline and show there's a plan here, how we walk people down the path of discipleship, down the path of following the Lord. Some of those things are already happening, some aren't. Things are still being developed. You're gonna have opportunities, really need opportunities and ways to get involved in helping to make disciples. You, know, you may wonder, what can I do? But we're gonna be helping you with that as well. So we're looking forward to that. All right, God bless you. You are dismissed.